Greetings, family. Welcome to today's podcast of 365 Bible Reading. Thank you so much for coming on here. We're equivalent to years and years of going to churches and sitting under ministers and reading the Bible, pondering, working, and dealing with problems and health problems and issues and and just moving forward. I gave a ride to a friend of mine to the airport the other day. Yesterday, as a matter of fact, actually, which, and uh, we stopped at a little church on the way over there because we went early and, and we went to a 12-step meeting. And on the way over there, the subject was God. And I, I was telling him, I said, you know, he's, like his family has been after him to read Romans, to read uh, Genesis, and I've been working with him for Stop Drinking you know, for a long time, and he has, and uh, trying to get him to read the material, to participate, little by little, coming along, not as fast as I thought. The The idea is, is that when we're talking about God, I, I, asked, I asked them, I said, you know, what are the, I asked them, what are the seven wonders of the world? And a lot of us can't, you know, we name one, see, the, uh, the pyramids, right? Or the Taj Mahal. I don't know what comes to mind. Is is the uh, is Yosemite a wonder of the world? But, but the fact is, I said, God is number one. He's the wonder of the world. And I think he, uh, he didn't have anything to say about that. I said, look at it. He's merciful. He's kind. The wiser you get, the more that there's a God. Just a side note. Well, today's the 22nd of December. We're doing Zechariah chapter 2 to chapter 3, verse 10. Let's go ahead and get our wonders and reflect it here. One of the points that we want to do is pick out verses that are classic, that have been taken out for centuries and have been uh, preached on, have been, you know, because they save lives. These words are carriers. They give us life. They give us the wonder and the and the power and the magnificent structure that we need in our souls, the Word of God. So please listen up and let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for giving us your laughter, your joy, your presence, your goodness, your wisdom, your talents. And thank God, thank you God, that you're God and we are your people. We're those. Sheep of your pasture, Lord. Thank you for remembering us, loving us, forgiving us, straightening out, sending your son Jesus Christ to die for us, picking us up, carrying us, and giving us your Holy Spirit. You have done it, Lord. You have been good and true to your word. You have manufactured faith, hope, wisdom in us, understanding that we cry, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, may we read your word comfortably. Amen. Comfortably. And the Lord has provided that comfort, guys. He's given us. We're not ailing, aching, some of us. Zechariah chapter 2. 
When I, Zechariah, looked again, I saw a man with a measuring line in his hand. Where are you going, I asked. He replied, I'm going to measure Jerusalem to see how wide and how long it is. Then the angel who was with me went to meet a second angel who was coming toward him. The other angel said, Hurry and say to the young man, Jerusalem will someday be so full of people and livestock that there won't be room enough for everyone. Many will live outside the city walls. Then I myself will be a protective wall of fire around Jerusalem, says the Lord, and I will be the glory inside the city. The Lord says, Come away, flee from Babylon in the land of the north, for I have scattered you to the four winds. Come away, people of Zion, you who are exiled in Babylon. After a period of glory, the Lord of heaven's army sent me against the nation who plundered you. For he said, Anyone who harms you harms my most precious possession. I will raise my fist to crush them, and their own slaves will plunder them. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. The Lord says, Shout and rejoice, O beautiful Jerusalem, for I am coming to live among you. Many nations will join themselves to the Lord on that day, and they too will be my people. I will live among you, and you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies sent me to you. The land of Judah will be the Lord's special possession in the Holy Land, and He will once again choose Jerusalem to be His own city. Be silent before the Lord, all humanity, for He is springing into action from His holy dwelling. Amen, amen, and amen. Woohoo! Then the angel showed me Yeshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, the accuser Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Jerusalem. Oh, excuse me, against Yeshua. That's chapter five. No, chapter three. And the Lord said to Satan, "I, the Lord, reject your accusations." Satan, yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. Yeshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the angel. So the angel said to others standing there, Take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Yeshua, he said, See, I have taken away your sins, and now I am giving you these fine new clothes. Then I said, They chose also a clean turban on his head. They should also place a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean priestly turban on his head and dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. Then the angel of the Lord spoke very solemnly to Yeshua and said, This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. If you follow my ways and carefully serve me, then you will be given authority over my temple and its courtyards. I will let you walk among these others standing here. Listen to me, O Yeshua, the high priest, and all you other priests. You are symbols of things to come. Soon I am going to bring my servant, the, the branch, 
capital B, branch. Now look at the jewel I have set before Yeshua, a single stone with seven facets. I will engrave an inscription on it, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will remove the sins of this land in a single day. And on that day, says the Lord of heaven's army, each of you will invite your neighbor to sit with you peacefully under your own grapevine and fig tree. Woo! Amen. I didn't expect that. And it's kind of uh, amazing how uh, it's around Christmas time when everybody's so busy getting presents and so forth. And this incredible passage is locked here in the 365 Bible, I'm saying locked in is when do we have time to open the book of Zechariah and ponder on it? We are rich, folks. We are very, very fortunate and very, very rich that our eyes and ears are, are seeing these words. Now, if you have your Bible, please let's go ahead and underline some of the things that uh, stood out to us. It's our own personal Bible. I like verse 10, where it says, The Lord says, Shout and rejoice, O beautiful Jerusalem. You know, we're to, as Christians, we're to do a lot of shouting. I was shouting at 3 this morning, just calling on the name of the Lord and pondering on His power and strength. And I get myself so excited, it's kind of hard to go back to sleep. Amen, amen. The angel showed me Yeshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, the accuser. Satan was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Yeshua. For time's sake, um, the accuser is there. The Lord refuses the accuser. And Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan. And we're and these are symbols. The word that God put, in, the Holy Spirit is telling me, is that these are all symbols, and we're going to, we're going to explain them right now through the uh, beautiful Bible of the New Living Testament, which has has side notes. So let's go ahead into them. And the word today is symbols that reflect the the future. In today's study in Zechariah, the Lord's promise to live among His people is consistent theme throughout the scriptures. Leviticus 26, 11 to 12, Numbers 14, 14. In the beginning, God had walked in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, Genesis 3, 8. And at the end of time, God will once again make his home among his people, Revelations 21, 3. Here in Zechariah, God reminds his people of his generous promise. His people will not be just the Jewish people, they would include many nations. Believers around the world are the beneficiaries of this generosity. We are not all from the Jewish people, but are from many, many nations. We will not experience God's full presence within with us until the end of the age. But Jesus, but Jesus promised to be with us always by his spirit, who is our guarantee of all that God has promised to us. Matthew 28, 20, John 14, 16 through 18, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 5 and 8, Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. God has initiated all of this. He is springing into action for us. 
He did when he came as Emmanuel. God longs to be with us, to have a relationship with us. As we live by his spirit, we enter into that relationship. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your, the increase of the love and the Holy Spirit you give to us, that we love you and we thank you that you don't give up on us, Lord. You continue to give us that love and that acceptance. So we say yes, 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 Lord. Yes to your word. Yes to your promises. Yes, Lord. Yes. Forgive me of all my sins, Lord. Restore me on a daily basis that I may renew my spirit and be of useful to you. Lord, we pray for the new converts, Lord God, that we may easily explain the word of God to them and get them on, on board, Lord. We thank you, Father, for that opportunity to work with you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, let's go ahead and uh, read more in the commentary of Zechariah chapter 2. The theme is, is symbols and the Lord's promise that he'll always be with us. Amen. Zechariah's vision of the future, God hoped to the people, God, he, uh, the the vision gave hope to the people for the future. It helped them face the task of their present. The hope that we have God's final healing can encourage us to endure the pain that is involved in. Uh, and I like to use a better word like in reconstruction. I like the word in reconstruction. We won't always feel so hurt and confused if we follow God's will for us by in faith we will experience God's healings in our lives and discover the joy that only he can give amen we march forward even if we hurt we march forward even if our feelings are telling us different we just stick to it and 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 enjoy the progress that we are receiving in amen which is the holy spirit the vision of the man with a measuring line Concerned the reconstruction, hey, there's a word, reconstruction, and repatriation of Israel, repatriation. Many of the Jews had become comfortable in exile and were reluctant to return to Palestine. They were probably afraid they would return to a land confused and strife. There was no need to fear, however, for God had promised a future of prosperity and peace. For any of us who wrestle with fear in the wake of traumatic experiences. We also are given the assurance of God's special protection. If we want to escape bondage, we need to trust God and follow his plan for deliverance. There you go. Not the feelings, folks, the obedience. As good soldiers, we go forward. The vision of, of Jeshua, the high priest, teaches us much about God's mercy and forgiveness. Jeshua, son of Jehoshadak, appeared here in solid garments, symbolized soil garments, excuse me, symbolizing how Israel looked to God in his sinful state. Satan stood before him, making accusations against Yeshua for Israel's 
failures, for Israel's failures. We still wrestle with sin today, and Satan is always there to accuse us before God for sins that have demoralized and immobilized us. Yet, yet, God is always there to defend us when we come to Him for forgiveness and cleaning. Woo! Amen. Remember that Satan is accusing God? Then he accuses us through others. And then if he can get ourselves to accuse our own selves. (coughs) But when we wake up the next morning, we feel the presence of God. And it was all a waste of time of trying to accuse ourselves. So we say, hey, I'm forgiven. Thank God. Shake it off. Let's try this again, Father. Let's try this again, Lord. Let's go forward and do it your way. I thank you for my experiences. I thank you for my failures. Woohoo! I thank you, God, I'm a misfit because I can see the love of God now. I can see the mercy of God. I can see his sustaining power and his joy. That a righteous man may fall ten times, but he'll get up again and start walking with the Lord because the Lord has promised, I will be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. We fall forward. It's not a license for sinning, folks. We know that. Amen. Again, getting back to the reading, God will purify Yeshua and he would be a living illustration of the good things that would be experienced under the Messiah's rule. This is cause for real hope here. When restoration is complete, suffering people will experience God's healing. Their sorrows and isolation will be replaced by joy and true fellowship with friends and neighbors. Woohoo! As we experience God's powerful deliverance, we can demonstrate what happens in a life that is ruled and directed by our loving God. As we share God's deliverance with others through words and deeds, they too can experience His healing power. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful words of life, folks. Amen. Amen. And with that, I'm going to put on some Maranatha music throughout the day. And sing songs and Joseph Garlington music, uh, Ron Canoli, uh, what is that? A lot of, lot of praise and worship that, that would get us fired up and get us going. The uh, Brownstone Revival Band, I just love their, their CD. Georgia, Georgia Mass Choir. Throwing all those things. Mahela Jackson that have influenced through the years my uh, my truck driving, my singing. <laughs> Amen. When I sing with the men and uh, they all get away from me. And we laugh and laugh and enjoy our, our relationship with God's people. What I'm talking about, folks, is celebration. The more we celebrate, the more we rout the enemy. The more we rejoice and make our voice known, the enemy only can hear our voice and he runs. If we say the blood of Jesus, he runs. The blood of Jesus, there's power in the blood of Jesus. Satan runs. Amen. Revelation 12, 18 through 13, 18. 
Then the dragon took his stand on the shore besides the sea. Then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns with ten crowns on its horns. And written on each head were names that blasphemy God. This beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave the beast his own power and throne and great authority. I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The whole world was marveled at this miracle and gave alliance to the beast. They worshipped the dragon for giving the beast such power. And they also worshipped the beast, who is great as the beast, who is as great as the beast. They exclaimed, who is able to fight against him? Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. And he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. And the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all the people who belong to this world Worship the beast. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made. The book that belongs to the lamb who was slaughtered. Anyone who hears or anyone who hears, anyone who hears and has ears should listen and understand. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast, and he required all the earth and his people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. He did astonishing miracles, even making fire flash down to earth from the sky while everyone was watching. And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beef, he deceived all the people who belonged to this world. He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. And no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom is needed here that the one with understanding saw the meaning of the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. All right, all this is, uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm committed to the Lord. And we renew our minds and our souls and our spirits. Revelations 13.10 introduces Satan's two accomplices, the beast out of the sea and the beast out of the earth. Together they form an unholy trinity of opposing the holy trinity of God, the Father. Son, and Holy Spirit. As Satan, the dragon, is in opposition to God, so the beast from the sea is against Christ as king, 
and the beast from the earth attempts to thwart the Holy Spirit's influence in people's hearts. So the beast out of the sea, Satan gives political power to this beast out of the earth. He gives power to do miracles. Both beasts work together to capture political, religious, and economic control of the whole world. The beast from the sea will conquer God's people and rule over them, but he will not be able to harm them spiritually. He will establish a worldwide dominance and demand that everyone worship him. And many will worship him, everyone except true believers. As a result, God's people will face oppression, suffering, and death. Woohoo! Praise God! These times of great persecutions will provide an opportunity for believers to exercise patience, endurance, and faithfulness, which is how God calls us to live even now. Romans 1.17 If that doesn't open up your eyes, folks, then... Amen. Let's go ahead and read something from the uh, Recovery Bible on that. You know, as I was reading, I was thinking, wow, a lot of people will run to the bar and drink over reading stuff like this. They'll say, what's the use anyhow? You know, the primary reason is if our names are written in the book of Lambs, um, we, we can handle it. Praise God. God has given us His promise, His Spirit. That's one of the reasons we want to sing and praise and stay strong in claiming the words of God. Praise God. All right, let's go ahead and keep reading in here. In other words, stay on what we're doing. Amen. Now, from the Recovery Bible... On Revelations, which you just read, the commentary here says, The church is Pergamum had remained intensely loyal to Jesus Christ through a, a satanic onslaught, but some in the church had given in to sexual misconduct, sexual relations and spiritual dysfunctions treated to undermine or at least neutralize the testimony of this Christian community. Am I in the right place? Yeah, Revelations. No, I'm not. That was way back. I'm, I'm supposed to be Revelations 12. I'm reading Revelations chapter 2, verse 12. Huh. Some of, some of you need to hear that. <laughs> if you are under sin, the Lord is talking to you. Start thanking God that you're under sin and get spiritual repentance by thanking God that you're sinning. The Lord will enter your heart and dispel the sin. Amen. Revelations chapter 12, verse 18. It says... um, There are some of Satan's primary representatives. For a time, God will allow them to free reign in the world as the battle of all who trust Christ. As they battle all of those who trust Christ. 
Ever since Jesus Christ walked this earth, Satan has sought to lead people away from the delivering power God offers. These creatures are an intensified form of the spirit of the Antichrist already active in our world. We will face opposition as we seek recovery from addiction and its power. Satan doesn't want us to succeed at reconstruction and recovery. He only wants to destroy us. Despite the power Satan wields in our world, he cannot remove us from God's loving care. When we trust in God to help us and we obey him, our recovery is assured. Satan and his henchmen will be powerless to stop it. Amen. Another creature representing Satan rises from the earth. It looks like a lamb, Satan's attempt to copy the appearance of Christ, the lamb, see page 5-6. This creature, miracle, copied the amazing deeds that were performed by God's two witnesses. Revelations 11, 5 and 6. Satan is trying to deceive people into thinking this lamb represents the true God. He is trying to sell a counterfeit in order to lead people away from the true deliverer, Jesus Christ. Satan uses the same strategy today. Numerous recovery plans claim to offer deliverance, but only God can truly deliver. If we seek help from any other source, Satan has succeeded in leading us away from the only real power that can save us. We need to be on guard against the counterfeit solutions that Satan puts before us. Amen. It's kind of hard to fathom that a Christian will be lured away. But if, it, if Satan wasn't successful, I guess it, they can huh? be led away. So it's best for us um, to continue in our journey and to praise the Lord for our journey in Jesus' name. Okay, we're asking God to give us a heart that is open to the corrections of the of the Holy Spirit and the godly representatives He sends our way. Heavenly Father, we thank you for opening our hearts and guiding us as you promised, Lord, in your word. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope in the future, plans not to harm you. I am the Lord God. Amen. That's his promise. Get that in the air. Get it in praise and worship. We activate the powers of God by activating his words that he gave us into the air. Amen. Reading Psalm 141, verses 1 through 10. Oh, Lord, I am calling to you. Please hurry. Listen when I cry to you for help. Accept my prayer as incense offered to you and my upraised hands as the evening offering. Take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. Don't let me drift towards evil or take part in act of wickedness. Don't let me share in the delicacies of those who do wrong. Let the godly strike me, it will be a kindness. If they correct me, it is soothing medicine. Don't let me refuse it. Amen. But I pray constantly against the wicked and their deeds. When their leaders are thrown down from a cliff, the wicked will listen to my words and find them true. 
Like rocks brought up by a plow, the bones of the wicked will be will lie scattered without burial. I look to you for help, O sovereign Lord, for you are my refuge. Don't let them kill me. Keep me from the traps they have set for me, from the snares of those who do wrong. Let the wicked fall into their own nest, but let me escape. Amen and amen. Proverbs verse chapter 30, verse 18 and 20. There are three things that amaze me. No, four things that I don't understand. How an eagle glides to the sky, how a snake slitters to the rock, how a ship navigates the ocean, and how a man loves a woman. An adulterous woman consumes a man, then wipes her mouth and says, What's wrong with that? Amen. Thank you for today's reading, folks. Thank you for coming to today's reading. God love you. God bless you. Uh, Let's say uh, happy and true to our calling in Jesus' name. Amen.